Dress it up and make it real for me. <laughs> Whatever that means. Dirty something in the staff for me. Spend a day to get my mind blown. Huh? Dress it up and go to NASA. 200 miles on the dash. Got a roller pound up a gas. Switch the lanes in the Grand Rapids. We the one that kept it cool with all these Hello and welcome to the Dogwood Basketball Show. I am Carter and joining me today is Davis up in Boston, Massachusetts. How are you doing, Davis? Doing pretty good. And we had a very exciting week of ACC basketball this week as number one Duke went down at home to the Syracuse Orangemen um, in 95-91 loss for the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, their point guard, uh, Trey Jones, went out pretty early in the game, and it, we have learned that he has a separated AC joint and could potentially miss uh, potentially the rest of the season. Uh, maybe it's just going to be like five or six weeks, but... Uh, the game itself um, was a pretty wild one. Uh, Syracuse played uh, Tyus Battle, took 28 shots, but he was really good on the floor, uh, getting 32 points. He shot 12 for 28, and he played basically every minute of the game. I thought he was the best player in the court. Um, Zion Williamson, another crazy productive game from him as he finished with 35 points and 10 rebounds on 12 of 20 shooting. But his teammate, R.J. Barrett, uh, went eight for thirty from the floor, four for seventeen Eey. from three point, Eey. and finished with twenty three points just because he took so many freaking shots. Um, <laughs> so what were four your sort 17. of impressions about this? Well, I didn't see those stat lines, so uh, unfortunately, I didn't catch the game live. But I watched like a condensed version uh, the next morning, um, you know, and read a lot about it. I you know watched Coach K's post game interview. Um, obviously losing Trey Jones, uh, had a big impact. And then Cam Reddish didn't play either, right? Yeah, he, he apparently had, had flu-like like symptoms, yeah. Um, I think Cam, the loss of Cam Reddish really isn't as substantial as, you know, people might be clouding. Um, he averages like 13 points a game while getting, you know, what, I think like over 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's super productive. He also averages less than three boards per game. Um, With as which, good of an athlete as that, he is, he should be getting more than that. Yeah, that's kind of strange. So, uh, I mean, I think he's at least, you know, the way he's contributed this year for Duke, he's definitely replaceable. Mm-hmm. But the loss of Trey Jones um, is definitely significant. Because uh, it leaves Duke without a point guard, which I think is absolutely insane. That they don't just well, have. That's what happened to them last year. They didn't have a point guard. I know, and it's just this weird yeah. thing about Mike Shevsky <laughs> roster building, where he just does not like with UNC. Uh, I hate to just keep falling back on UNC as like they're this paragon of college basketball and build the perfect program because they don't. But Roy Williams will always have someone like a Brandon Robinson on the roster just to have a point guard in case something like this happened. <laughs> the fact that Duke doesn't have a single backup point guard on the roster to me is like unbelievable. Well, I guess RJ Barrett can kind of play like a Magic Johnson like point guard. But then he's not the wing scorer that he needs to be. 
which yeah. is what happened when Grayson Allen had to play point people. guard uh, a couple years ago when they had Jason Tatum and uh, um, who was the guy you love so much, Luke Kennard. <laughs> like Grayson Allen should not be playing point guard for that team, but he was because they just did not have a point guard. Yeah, uh, I mean, it is funny that it it's a pattern, right? That he's not. It is. It's like he doesn't recruit teams. I know. Remember us talking about this like a couple years ago that it's weird. My, Coach K doesn't have like a point guard, and he just hasn't fixed that problem, and it's just so strange. Yeah, and it's so yeah. obvious. You'd think the greatest coach of all time would like be able to diagnose the issue and fix it, but apparently not, because Duke is just playing this like. Hope we hit on a point guard like Trey Jones and like he fixes all our problems because if he's not there, all of a sudden the Duke team becomes totally different. Yeah, and it's, um, well, so about the AC joint though, I was reading about that. Uh, it seems like it may not be as serious as they first thought, but mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Like, um, you know, those kind of injuries in the upper body can be can be strange. Like, you know, I, uh, separated the cartilage in my rib cage doing jujitsu. Now it's been since, uh, the week before Thanksgiving and I still don't have like full athletic capacity. Yeah. It's one thing to like not feel pain and it's a whole another thing to operate at the highest level of a sport. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, but then at the same time, they still you, have RJ you know Barrett. Shoulder it is? Is it his shooting shoulder? I think it's his right shoulder. Yeah, which uh, is his shooting yeah. shoulder. So that's it's a bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, because you can, uh, well, a lot of it is like shoulder injuries. Um, usually, like it inhibits your ability to like do stuff. Uh, you know, with your arm like above uh, your head or your arm mm-hmm. like kind of you know extended above, which would include so shooting motion or overhand passes. Yeah. yeah. And- yeah, the basketball shooting motion is surprisingly – I mean, it's that's the one thing now that I still can't do uh, comfortably with my ribs because yeah. it just involves so much of your, like, shoulders and core on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we might see him, even if he does return, like, in the next couple of weeks, be at a kind of limited role and yeah. not really be a threat. Uh, and he was you know, really shooter. effective when he was playing this season, like – Low key, he was like one of the better point guards in the ACC. Yeah, he was probably just overshadowed a little bit by the crazy stats of the other two, of Zion you know, diaper like dandies. But yeah, uh, which leads us to those two diaper dandies because people are saying, oh, they were missing Cam Reddish, they were missing Jones. It's like, hey, but they still have who will most likely be the number one and number two draft picks in this upcoming NBA draft, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett, I'm starting to... And maybe it's just, like, playing at Duke and just having this, like, ultimate green light. But I'm not super impressed with him. And he has, like, the quickest green light I've ever seen, especially against Syracuse. It was, like, the ultimate ball stopper. As soon as it got to R.J. Barrett, he put up a three. And, I mean, that really shows the stats going four for 17. Like, taking 17 threes in a college game is crazy. Like, Yeah, well, especially if you're, you know, well... A guy who's really so good at Sy- taking it to the rim and is almost unstoppable when he does that. Yeah, Syracuse is an interesting matchup problem always for teams because, because of they their... sort of bait you into taking the threes. Yeah, they've got that patented zone, and because what they do is they allow people to. 
it seems to me like what they do is they allow you to take like 23 footers uncontested yeah thinking that it's a good shot when it really is yeah unless you're i mean unless you're just a lights out like you know shooter i mean there are some guys that just tear it up right and they don't have to be great basketball players but if you've got a super consistent outside shot then you can beat Syracuse. But Duke... Or if you, you have know, dominant people, rebounding on the offensive end and just plant two 6'10", yes, 6'11", six, six, yes. guys right on the like, elbow. Yeah, because you, I mean, you always struggle to rebound out of a zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, UNC has traditionally done pretty well against Syracuse for that reason, that we rebound well against them. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to teams that you think they have no business losing to because, you know, you've got some... You know, mid-major schools where guys can just rain down threes and they'll mm-hmm. beat Syracuse. But yeah, if you have a good shooting night, you're probably going to beat Syracuse. Yeah, but Duke is one of the weakest outside shooting teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... they don't have a guy who's like a lights out. Which, <laughs> which is you know, usually they've got that guy. Right? Yeah, Alex uh, O'Connell is like the closest thing, but uh, he's not like Kyle Guy or something like that. Is that Mr. Uh, $50 haircut? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. The guy who looks like he was born to play for Duke. Yeah. They just got to have that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at the... Okay. Ooh. White was 0 for 10. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I thought it was Duke. hilarious. And, you know, the next one was going to go in. It's just the game it had to end. <laughs> but if he had yeah, taken the 11th shot, 10. he would have made that one. Oh for ten! Wow, that's what Syracuse Jeez. wants is someone like that guy taking all the threes. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, to Barrett's credit, though, he did get um sixteen boards against oh, yeah. Syracuse. Oh yeah, and he was still so. effective, but just like the way that you know Duke would swing it around the perimeter, and as soon as it got to RJ Barrett, it's like, yep, he's taking a three, and yep, he's missing it. And what uh... what's interesting about that is, you know, I'm just. <clears throat> Not to say I do something that uh, I don't know. It, it makes still makes me question Coach K's ability to actually change the approach to the game like during yeah. the game. Like how much are they really going to listen to him? Because I think that's a pretty simple thing. You just say, "Hey, you know, uh, Barrett, just pump Take fake, it to the rim, drive." Get fouled. <laughs> like... Well, not even that. Just drive, make them step up, and then dish to Zion. Yeah, like. You know, uh, and I'm I'm sure that and it did happen a few times in the game, but like to take you know as you said, seventeen three pointers, and to only make uh, four of them, like yeah. Well, you know, I mean, him and Williamson clearly they're not as good as they're playing. They don't have the chemistry to you know beat like a mediocre ACC team like Syracuse. Yeah, and Zion um, still had a really good game. <laughs> And I'm still incredibly impressed by him. And I I didn't think he was going to be as good as he's turned out to be. Mm. Now, even, like, he's not an awful shooter. Like, I thought he'd be, like, you know, the worst shooter ever. Because someone who's that, that athletic, it seems like, you know, he would just dunk his whole life. And shooting would be something that didn't even occur to him. But, like, he's a pretty good free throw shooter. He was 10 for 14 in this game. He's got a nice stroke on him. Yeah, well, especially if you think it's some of the um, some of the big, you know, names that have popped up in the draft recently. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball or um, uh, what's his Markel face, the Aussie. Yeah, Markel Fultz, ben and then Simmons. also um, 
Ben Simmons, all guys that have really bad shooting form, very low foul shooting percentages. And Zion Williamson is a a big man who you know actually shoots the ball pretty well. And he's a Granted, really good he's passer. Still got a lot of yeah, he's got a lot of work to do um, with consistency in his outside shot. But the, the, if the mechanics are there, then... Yeah, it's just a matter of getting the reps up and getting comfortable I think it. we're going to learn a lot about him, though, in this game coming up on Saturday versus UVA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he's not going to be able to physically overpower Jack Salt. That's just not going to happen. Or Hunter or uh, Diakita. Yeah, I mean, they're... So, I um, for those that are, you know... Y'all that are listening, I uh, took my beautiful wife to the UVA Boston College game up here uh, in Boston last week. What Chestnut Hills? UVA. Yeah, Chestnut Hill, technically, yeah, <laughs> right outside Boston. Um, but yeah, we were we're sitting pretty close. We were nine rows back, you know, close enough to hear them jawing at each other and all that. And let me tell you, when you see Jack Salt like in person, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, he is a huge man. Oh, it's funny though because he's got this kind of you know. Um, he's got patchy... kind of a small head. He does. He's got a small head and a patchy beard. <laughs> um, but that guy's got shoulders like his shoulders oh are God. crazy. Yeah, uh, like and he's very like Howard he's kinda, shoulders. Yeah, and he's like he's kind of top heavy like that a little bit, but uh-huh. you know, and he's not um, he's not super productive for points and rebounds, mm-hmm. but he is a body and he. I think he's one of those um, guys that doesn't grab the rebound, but he boxes out the guy on the other team who might have gotten the rebound. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, and I imagine the UVA does keep stats like that. I know Dean Smith when he was at UNC, and so I imagine Roy Williams and his staff do this, but they do keep stats of like um, I forget what they called it uh, for Dean Smith, but something like rebounds like uh contributed or something uh-huh. so, yeah it's basically what you said where you clear out the space and then let um, deandre hunter just... or ty jerome get the rebound yeah they come from the outside and i think what you see a lot and what i've noticed a lot recently um is kyle guy his his uh productivity on the boards has increased but it's mainly him coming in to grab the trash rebound like it almost bounces off the ground uh-huh. because his teammates have done such a good job boxing out, mm-hmm. and then they initiate the break off of that. Yes. So uh, yeah, we can move on to UVA, who played Virginia Tech uh, this week, and Virginia <laughs> Tech came into the game with just the one loss away to Penn State, uh, number nine in the country, and UVA just from the jump beat the crap out of them. They led forty four twenty two at half. Uh, the second half yeah. a little bit better for Tech. It was a tied 37-37 uh, as far as scoring in the second half was concerned with UVA coming out in the end 81-59. to But it was one of those games where UVA just controlled the whole game and it never felt like they were ever in trouble. Yeah, it was, I think, my favorite moment. I watched um, the whole first half and then the beginning of the second half and then we switched to the Carolina game. But when uh, what's his name Robinson for Virginia Tech threw a punch at mm-hmm. Kihei Clark, um, did you catch that? I didn't actually see that. <laughs> yeah, I think they yeah I think they teed him up. Um, but the commentators were kind of laughing about it because you know Robinson is I mean I guess like a potential NBA player like yeah senior uh, he's like their star one of the better scores on the team. Um, 
and uh, and Kihei is just this little guy. Like I think he's listed at five nine. I think he must be like one hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, well, he's he's a small man. <laughs> um, and to see uh, to see him like because basically what they're saying is it's it really sucks to get shut down by a smaller guy than you. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And what Kihei does is. He just hounds people, and he's so quick, and he's got such good hands that you can't handle the ball comfortably against him ever. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, one of the things that uh, well, for UVA to score, they're consistently scoring over thirty points a half. Yeah, or, or let's say over thirty-five points a half. Isn't necessarily uh, something that UVA has been good at in the past. And I think, uh, you know, people have been talking about it as a personnel change because since they have Kihei Clark, it kind of allows both Guy um, uh, and, oh, help me out. Um, Yeah, Jerome to move to more like a scoring scoring wing position. Yeah. And you see that reflected in, you know, their stats um, with them being the two and three, you know, scorers on the team. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've got a hunch, you know... um, this is kind of a coaching shift too, uh, you know, and kind of letting the guys run a little bit because mm-hmm. in the past you've seen a little bit of hesitance. You know, they get the defensive rebound, and then he, Tony Bennett, you can kind of see him from the sideline. Okay, let's slow it down, let's grind them. Yeah, let's remember who we are here. <laughs> yeah, we're UVA. We take our time. Um, and then you know, part of the problem that I've always thought with that is then you actually start the offense with like you know only twenty seconds left on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even like sometimes, twelve. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes you get a shot, but in a lot of times in the past, I felt like um, UVA's offense was either they got a good shot or they just relied on one of their all stars to take a contested three off the dribble from like twenty four feet out. And they never get second chance points because they're more focused on getting back and getting a set defense than getting the offensive rebound. Yeah, and I think there's been a shift. They're attacking the offensive glass more. Less wasted possessions. Yes, they're more willing to attack the basket and to take open shots earlier on in the shot clock. Kyle Um, Guy for sure is doing that. He's like almost J.J. Redick at this point where he gets an open look, he's taking it. Which he should. And, um, you know, I I noticed that uh, against BC, like they destroyed BC. Yeah. Well, what was interesting is the first half was like relatively closely contested. BC played them really tight some... for like the first eight or nine minutes. Yeah, but they even kept it close with 12 minutes to go. So yeah. with 12 minutes to go, it was still a game uh, in the second half. Um, and then when a four-minute span, UVA like got a 20-point lead. I mean, that's like unheard of yeah. like for UVA and teams past, that they could jump out on you that fast. Um, it would happen like because, over the course of like a four minute period where they get four straight stops and get four straight like you know two point buckets and like oh we're up by eight now <laughs> and for UVA yeah, that seems now, like an insurmountable lead. But now UVA is getting up on teams by like twenty points in the first half and that is truly insurmountable. Yeah. Um, and I think what's what I like so much about this new look, oh it seems to me like a new look for UVA. Is that um, it's? I think last year and you know in years past, teams would kind of take off on defense against UVA for the first 10, 15 seconds of a possession. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can kind of wise up. They didn't have up. to be in, engaged, and they could conserve some yeah. energy. 
Yeah, you can wise up to that. You're like, well, these guys are always draining the shot clock. Like, why am I busting my butt, you know? Yeah, getting out um, on him, trying to force five seconds when it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it can make it tough for him. But, yeah, I mean, if they're not – well, if they beat Duke um, on Saturday, they've got to be the number one team in the country. Um, yeah, it's going to be them or Tennessee. Oh, no, Michigan should. Well, uh, take Michigan the for some reason is not getting the the kind of love they deserve at number one. I think actually Tennessee got more one vote. They're getting love from Brookline, Massachusetts. I've been talking to them <laughs> up since November. And... Yeah, Jeez. I, mean, yeah, I just Michigan gotta say, so Virginia are I was right. Well I think there's a good the... chance now that Michigan goes undefeated because really, I mean. Well, I mean, I said it earlier. It, it doesn't look like the Big Ten really has that many yeah, great teams. They beat Indiana. Be the only uh, real competitor. Which, for some reason, the Pomeroy rankings don't like Michigan love State. Michigan State. Oh, they do. No, they do like Michigan State. They like them a lot better than Michigan at this point, somehow. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh you know, yeah, these Michigan State's computers. three. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Um, the robots are taking over Carter. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I think they can go into feet. I also pointed out that Nevada is super overrated and they lost to like, New Mexico. some who the hell knows team from the Rocky mountains blown out by New Mexico. Yeah. And then they almost lost to Boise state, Yeah, <laughs> but they're still t- number 10 in the country. So that's I mean, they that people for basketball. Like a lot of the voters don't even watch it. Yeah, it's just like, oh, Nevada. They, <laughs> yeah. you know, hot. They're so hot right now. Uh, uh, but yeah, as far as Ken Palm's concerned, the ACC's still got four in the top ten with uh, Duke, UVA at one and two. Uh, actually, UVA moved up to number one in Ken Palm, and then Tech at seven mm-hmm. and UNC at number ten. So we can shift a little bit to uh to UNC because this has been a roller coaster of a start of a season. Some games they look like there might be Final Four contenders. Some games they look like they're not even like one of the best teams in the ACC. But uh, they had a, a solid home win against Notre Dame earlier in the week. And uh, it looks like we finally got a breakout sort of game from Nasir Little as he went off in the second half. Uh, yes. It seemed like he was playing sort of like the four at points during that stretch, which I really liked because he's not like a wing because he can't really create his own shot. He's not a great shooter. But what he is, he's, he's one of the best athletes on the court in any game he plays in. And the way to sort of utilize that, I think, is getting him inside, getting him mismatches against the slower big guys and who he can just elevate over. But, I mean, getting the most out of him is going to be really important for Carolina the rest of the season. Yeah, it's the only way that they can you know be a Final Four contender team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I was telling my little middle school basketball team is um you know we're doing it's a little small talk about college basketball and stuff and what uh, i said is like you know nasir little is the playing like a undersized trash man mm-hmm. um for unc against notre dame sort of like what john henson or isaiah hicks used to do yeah exactly and you know i think um you know, that's a, a real compliment to a player, like mm-hmm. if they're a trash man, because it means they're grabbing offensive boards, you know, they're uh, they're boxing out on both ends, mm-hmm. um, they're running the floor. Um, yeah, second chance actually, possessions like, are one of the most important things in Carolina's offense. Like, 
when yeah, Carolina's offense sure. is running at full steam, a missed shot is good offense because we always grab the rebound. Yeah, or like, yeah, we get over 50% of the rebounds on the offensive end, and so it's just a shot accumulation is part of, you know, why UNC does so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, and then it can also be a confidence booster because who knows, like, if he starts playing well, you know, as that kind of quasi-post position, and then he's got the confidence to, you know, just be, you know, Nasir Little from the wing. Yeah. And, like post-rise folks. The I guy mean, who's could be probably going to be the number three pick in the NBA draft, which he hadn't really looked like this year. Do you think that, you think he's going to go? I mean, is it that? Yeah, apparently it's locked on. He's top five, and he's probably going to go number three behind uh, the two Duke players. Uh, Do you hear this talk about Zion Williamson sitting out the rest of the season? Yeah, <laughs> it's in his best interest. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell is up with that? That's what's. I mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone say that about a college basketball player before. They say it about like guys, um, like I know there was Diallo for Kentucky who were semi redshirted their freshman year and have the option to go to the NBA without playing, and they'll say you want to go to the NBA because the less tape they have on you, the better, because you're just potential. But for Zion, it's not like he's playing bad. And it's not like he's going to get hurt. I guess there's always a possibility you can get hurt. But, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to stop playing. Yeah, he he (laughs) doesn't look like the kind of guy who's tearing his ACL. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he tears other people's ACLs. Yeah, exactly. He's like the guy who Uh, separates AC joints. His does not get separated. (laughs) Exactly. He's... He's a brick. He's like a freaking <laughs> There was a poor guy man. from Syracuse who took a charge for him and missed the rest of the game. Uh, he got a concussion probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, good for him though. I mean, hey, I mean, that's, I, you know, that's statistically, that's the best play you can make in basketball is taking a charge. Um, you know, as flashy as the blocks and stuff are. Like, a lot of time blocks uh, go back to the team. And they end up exactly. Scoring. It's a overvalued stat. So, mm-hmm. well, can we talk for a minute about um, the matchup though with UVA and Duke, and you know what oh, yeah. could uh, ahead to transpire? This yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, big part of playing against Duke is just having the athletes who can go up against people like R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. And people don't think of UVA as necessarily being the most athletic team. But I think this UVA is the most athletic UVA we've seen, especially DeAndre Hunter, who is just like, it's hard to believe how freaky of an athlete he is at UVA right now. Like, the wingspan, like, just the athletic ability, the just, like, uh, coming off the bus sort of uh, impression he gives, you know what I mean? Like, where they come off yeah. and you're like, that guy looks like he's good, you know? Which, like, before yeah. you even get on the court, you're like, that guy's going to do something. Giant. DeAndre Hunter just gives off like this, uh, this, I don't know. He looks like he's a pro and that's something you don't usually see somewhere like UVA. Brogdon was close, but he didn't have the same physicality as Hunter does. And I think Hunter's just going to like clean up against, uh, RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson. Um, yeah. And then obviously they're going to have the advantage with the guards with Jones out, like Ty Jerome and Kyle guys should just like eat against Duke this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're two of the more veteran guards in the league. 
playing against bench players essentially <laughs> is you know without Jones um, like who's gonna do perimeter defense for Duke like honestly white <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my God. Like, that uh fifty dollar haircut guy Alex O'Connell, yeah, exactly. whatever the hell his name is uh-huh <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, honestly, um, I would not be surprised if UVA won by, like, 20. Oh, that would be great. Uh, Watch me, like, eat my words through, and they but... end up getting blown out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think – there's no way UVA gets blown out in that game. Yeah. Um, I think – you know, well, one thing uh, – some of my in-laws, the Donovans, are always acting like um, – they're always acting like EVA is full of these like non-athlete like underdog players, <laughs> despite and producing it, like four NBA players who are still playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then so it was great, you know, when um, Bridget and I sat down in our seats and UVA was warming up, and she's like, "All the UVA guys are so big." Yeah, they've got they're six so five point guard Ty so Jerome. <laughs> yeah, like Ty Jerome is like, uh, I mean, he's an NBA he's body an NBA point player, guard. Yeah. He's, He's 6'5". He's got great lateral quickness. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, the only quick. guy who's undersized, really, Kyle is Guy. Kyle Guy. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's got hops, too. Like, And he makes up you know, for it by being absolutely lights out from three. Yeah. So, it's just, um, I think there's a Even misconception about them. coming off like the bench is like a really good athletic wing. At like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah. He leads the team in rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which, you know, is, I think, part of their, like, box-out kind of style of rebounding. But mm-hmm. um, I think here's here's what could pose an issue is both Jack Salt um, and uh, I think Hodge or Hall, the other, that like, tall white guy. Uh, freshman guy? Yeah. Um, he's, like, a seven-footer um, yeah. for UVA. Is they're both really foul-prone. They just... Yes. Now, I think part of that's because Jack Salt's usually playing against guys that he's just kind of manhandling. <laughs> you know, when you're a stronger guy, you just get called for more fouls. So uh-huh. who knows if it'll work that way against Zion. But um, how Jack Salt is able to establish himself physically against uh, Zion, I think, is, you know, one of the major and Marquise um, plot points. <laughs> who I hate. <laughs> uh, how long has he been there? What is he? He's junior? been there for like three years, yeah. Okay. Came in yeah, as a top ten prospect in America, and now plays like he's yeah. like a three star. Yeah, he'll end up playing in like Serbia or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing against Serbian, you know, basketball league. That's where uh-huh. Marcus Page is now, by the way. Oh, is he really? Uh, yeah, Serbia or Croatia. I, you know. Okay. Well. Remember, but. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. he was always more of a European style, like player. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Page, that is. Yeah, then um, also looking ahead to this weekend, uh, we've got UNC traveling to Miami. Miami's been not great this year. I haven't watched a ton of them, but what I've seen, they're uh, just about as meh of a team as you could possibly have. Um, NC State's traveling to Notre Dame. NC State just had a tra- traumatic loss to Wake Forest during the week. Uh, I think it was Wake Forest's first ACC win on the year. Um, mm-hmm. in Winston-Salem, they just blew the doors off them early, and NC State came back and made it a game before Wake uh, just uh, hit some clutch free throws late to win that game. Um, so NC State might be dropping out of the top 25, but they've been a good team. Um, Wake really needed that win, but NC State-Notre Dame this weekend is going to be a 
if you're an ACC basketball fan, it'll be a, a fun game to watch. Um, That's kind of a must-win for NC State to maintain their you know position as a legitimate tournament team. I mean, oh for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna. I mean, the max that I think any conference can probably get in the tournament is seven. Yeah, seven or eight. You know. Uh, yeah, it's potential, but so like. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Even if like ten AC teams are good enough to compete in the tournament, you just can't. Yeah. You know, you just can't fill up the show favoritism teams. like that. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it is. You know, um, you got to give other uh, conferences a chance. Although the Pac-12 might only send its conference tournament champion this year, it's that bad. Yeah, I mean it's West Coast. They always <laughs> suck at basketball. <laughs> Gonzaga is their flagship, uh, you know, program in, uh-huh. in that time zone. And geez, uh, I think that'll be another early exit. Well, I mean, the thing about Gonzaga is, if we're looking forward to the tournament, is because they're so good offensively. You know, they can blow the doors off of the mid-major programs. I don't think they're very upset-prone yeah. by. That's the thing. People uh, say defense travels which is just one of those things people say and it's like accepted as truth. I think offense travels more than anything cuz like yeah, I think every so too. team will like face a drought in like an NCAA tournament game. It seems to happen to everybody where they just can't buy a bucket. And if you're like not good enough to make up a deficit by just scoring on a lot of possessions, you're just not going to get back into it. So I trust teams that are good at offense way more than I trust teams that are good at defense. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, defense, well, who knows how this, uh, I think to some degree, defense is about like getting that spirit, like that, mm-hmm. you know, that grinding attitude, which on the road, sometimes you lose. And in the tournament, sometimes you don't have, because there's mm-hmm. this, you're playing in like a weird stadium that's like not an away game, not a home game, mm-hmm. like this, you know, sometimes even there's not a lot of fans for either team at the venue, right? If like there's a Duke or a UNC yeah. or a... You know, Indiana, like playing in the next they suck game. Suck up all the all tickets. That are, yeah. So, you know, it can be a weird atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But if you're a great shooter, like it doesn't matter what the atmosphere is. You're <laughs> yeah. just, <laughs> it's just muscle memory, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so they're always going to be a threat. But hey, I think my money's still on Michigan for Final Four. I'd make that bet. Um, I mean, I think, and it's if you look at the statistics about uh, like the leading scores and rebounds per game and stuff like that between Michigan and UVA, there's a ton of parity. Mm-hmm. The difference is um, the main score for Michigan um, is uh, that freshman. I'm trying to pull up his their roster right now. Oh, the big the white Pusinski, guy, yeah, who like does MMA with his brothers and stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, in one of the it's some games deep background. <laughs> yeah, he apparently he and his brothers and his dad just like they train like mixed martial arts together and just like beat each other up. So <laughs> he's like that kind of guy, like That's a good funny. old like Midwestern like you know beat the crap out of your family. Um, <laughs> so I'd say he's probably got some mental toughness. Yeah, uh, that's a big question at this point: is which team loses first, Michigan or UVA? And I guess you just have to say the ACC is the better conference, so you expect UVA to lose first, even if you may think they're the better team. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, there's just so many teams that they can lose against. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, last year they like only lost Syracuse, one game. Syracuse could be dangerous uh, yeah. for UVA. That's true. 
um, yeah, just like they were dangerous for Duke. Or it could and be think, like Louisville has that random game, like they beat the brakes off Carolina over the weekend. It was just like, where did that come from? Oh, I thought just... we were going to get away with not talking about that, Carter. <laughs> it has to be addressed at some point. <laughs> that was just a fluke um, game, though. But that's like what I'm saying is a fluke game can happen because if a team's making shots, you just might not be able to beat them. It just might be one of those days. Yeah. And every team in the ACC is athletic enough and big enough to, you know, bang on the glass. So you just can't. You just can't count on physically overwhelming anybody in the ACC either. Mm-hmm. Um, which Duke has found out, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's. They should have lost to Florida State. Yeah, they should have. Um, you know, and it was uh, it was out of bounds on Duke that last call. Oh, I didn't that watch was it live. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I heard how like they saw in the review that it was actually a missed call, but because the review was for something else, they couldn't overturn uh-huh. the play. Um, you know, and I get it. You know, the ball bounces like both ways, and luck's always going to be a little bit of a factor there, but. Mm-hmm. You know, that's killer um, to, lose to lose a last, on the second, last shot second shot. Yeah. That shouldn't have gone to the other team yeah. uh, in a game that's that important. Yeah. You know, you made the joke about Coach K uh, uh, stepping back for the season and letting uh, John Shire <laughs> go in as the Take over because head coach. of an undicl- undisclosed illness or surgery that might Coach K has to undergo. Yeah, and then uh, then Shire will get canned at the end of the year when they you know <laughs> lose in the second round of the tournament. Um, I mean, I think there is a chance if um, if Trey Jones misses for every game that Trey Jones is out, there's a good chance they could lose in the ACC. For sure. Totally. I don't care who they're playing. I don't yeah. care if they're playing simply Wake because Forest they don't Boston have College. the point guard who's gonna run the offense and do the. Because Jones was – he initiated the defense for him. Like, he would pick up the other team's point guard at, like, midcourt yep. every time. And yep. without him applying that pressure, we don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, and, you know, the psychological factors also, you know, could come into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a team, you know, that – as foolish, foolhardy as it was for the ESPN analysts like Stephen A. Smith and Max, whatever the hell his name <laughs> is, being like, oh, like – Duke's going to go undefeated this year. Um, there was this mentality that they were like kind of crowned the Kings before the, you know, the season first couple even started. Weeks of the yeah. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even before the season started. And so, you know, if they lose two in a row, you know, granted, like at home. Them, yeah. Two in a row at home. That probably hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> yeah. I wonder when it um, has. Probably that season Coach K did miss. Do, do you <laughs> have the rest season. of their schedule up? Uh, um, I can get it up really quickly. Yeah, my computer is like, I feel like I'm in 1996 or something. Yeah, so we've got this yeah. Saturday uh, versus UVA at Cameron. And then next Tuesday they go to Pitt and then versus Georgia Tech at Notre Dame versus St. John's, that stupid Madison Square Garden game they play every February. Um, so they've got a kind of easy stretch. And then out. versus BC, yeah. So not the <coughs> worst thing for uh jones to miss like if it's not as serious as we think and he could possibly be back for at uva on february 9th um and then they go at louisville versus nc state and then versus unc on the february 20th at syracuse which is potential banana skin for him because that's carrier dome's just a tough place to play and then at virginia tech versus miami versus wake at unc 
So there are definitely like th- four or five losable games uh, to finish out the season for Duke. Yeah, I do think UNC is going to be a um, a pretty easy matchup for Duke this season. Well, um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, unless um, Nasir, Nasir Little, Nasir little yeah. steps up. Yeah. If. That's a big if. But if he steps up, then that totally changes the game. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. Nasir Little could, in the second half of the season, turn into like a 15 points, like eight, nine rebounds per game. Oh, yeah. Sir. He's got the most upside on Carolina. No doubt about it. And if you throw that into little, you know, into the combination with Kobe White, mm-hmm. Cameron Johnson, Luke May, uh, that's a pretty potent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, they've got the ingredients uh, to have a good team, but it's just about putting it together on a nightly basis. Yeah, it'll be tough. But yeah, but, looking ahead to a, a very interesting weekend of ACC basketball, and hopefully, we'll be on a more weekly routine schedule to see out the rest of this college basketball season but uh very much looking forward to duke versus uva on saturday so thank you for listening to this latest episode of the dogwood basketball show and we will be back with y'all soon see y'all later them boys up to something, they just not just bluffing. You don't have to call, I hear my dance like Usher. Ooh. I just found my tempo like on DJ Mustard. Ooh. I hit that Ginobili with my left hand up like woo. Lobster and Celine for all my babies that I miss. Chicken finger, French fry for them hoes that wanna dance. Jumpin', 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 them boys up to something. Uh uh uh, I think I need some robot tussin'. Way too many questions, you must think I trust you. You searching for answers, I do not know nothing, woo I see him tweaking, ain't no something's coming, woo Jumping, 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 them boys are the something, woo Jumping, 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 fuck what you expecting, woo Shout out, shout out, Michael Jordan just said text me, woo Jumping, 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 jumping I just seen the gentle take out the